All right. Okay, so we're going to be starting a, a, new, a new series starting today. So uh, if today is your first time being here, uh, you're right at the beginning of this. Fighting fair. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, does any fight really feel fair? Okay, that's, that's the point. I just kind of want you to understand there's not really, when we come to fighting, it's not really fair at all. Um, but today we're going to start looking at this answer of, uh, of answering this question, where does the fight come from? And I'm not talking about like physical altercations. It, it could be, but, but let's, let's be real. Don't we get in a, a, our share of arguments? Does anybody, I mean, am I the only one that has any struggle with getting into arguments and uh, heated times of fellowship, right? I mean, Barbara and I, sometimes we call that uh, intense fellowship time, right? I mean, don't we all have a little bit of intense fellowship from time to time in our lives with our spouses, with our neighbors, with our, our children, children with their parents, uh, a neighbor, a co-worker? I mean, really, when you start thinking about it, don't we have, uh, uh, we, we, get, we find ourselves uh, in some of these, these verbal uh, fights, and, and so my question would be is this, I mean, we, we feel like they just pop up in our life, but, um, but they don't. So we ask, where do they come from? And, and before we even answer this question, I want to ask this. Is it okay? Is it, it, how does God feel about our verbal arguments? Not good. Okay, the Bible tells us do everything, right? What's everything, guys? What's everything? Everything is literally everything. Do everything without what? Grumbling and do everything without what? Complaining, grumbling, arguing. So what he's saying is this, my relationships from my, from with my spouse, from my children, from my home, from my, my work, from my neighbors, from the person across the street, all of these, I'm to do all of these things without grumbling and arguing. So how are we doing? All right, so, so now we can get somewhere if we can, if we can admit that, hey, there's some problems. We're going get, to get down to the bottom of this. Here's the thing is, I don't want you to, to, to misunderstand me on the other side of the spectrum is this. Does it mean that if I have a disagreement with someone, that that's automatically a sin? No, I, I can disagree. A disagreement doesn't have to turn into a fight. Disagreement doesn't have to turn into an argument. My disagreement with somebody needs to stay at that, a disagreement. The moment it becomes an argument is the moment it becomes a fight. And when it becomes an argument and a fight, it is sin. So let's call it what it is. Sin. When you get into an altercation, an argument with your spouse, with anyone in your home, with your co-workers, when we find ourselves in that kind of a place, let's call it what it is, sin. That doesn't sound so good now, right? A little bit ago, I was like, yeah, that's me. Oh, no, that's not me. I don't sin. Well, here, for all have sinned and what? Fallen short of the glory. So it's not, it shouldn't be so hard for us to understand that we find ourselves in sin probably quite often, don't we? But I don't want us to miss what it is. It's sin. When the Bible says, don't do this, and we do it, it's sin. When it says, do all things without complaining, that's sin, right? It's sin because the Bible says, do everything 
without grumbling, complaining, criticizing, right? All of these things do all things. Now, we don't always do that so well now, do we? So here's the thing. We're going to be in James chapter 4, so I want you to turn in your Bibles or follow on the screen. But here's the deal. We're going to be in in James chapter 4. He says the question, there's the question that we're going to answer. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Okay? What's causing the fight? And this is, guys, I'm telling you, I have been chomping at the bit all week for this very moment. Because as God began to show me this, He took me deeper than I've ever been in this passage. And I believe that if we're listening today, it's going to change everything. That's what the truth does. So I hope you don't miss this. He answers His own question through a question, but it's not really a, 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 an, for an answer. It's really a rhetorical question. He's just phrasing it. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you. Right? You see, there's a battle within you, or you won't be battling with someone else. If you're battling with someone else, just know this, there's already a battle in you. You're not battling with someone else if there's not a battle raging already in you. Here's the deal. The fight you're having has less to do with you and have, has more to do, it has more to do with you than the one you're fighting with. What we think is that we have a problem with the person we're fighting with. And here's the reality. It doesn't have anything to do with them. It has everything to do with you and where your heart is. You can't get in a fight if your heart isn't in a place it shouldn't be. Can't happen. Won't happen. So if you're finding yourself in arguments, how's that song go all the kids are singing nowadays? The, the problem, it's, it's me, right? All the girls are over there like, I'm the, I'm the problem, it's me, but you got to do this when you do it. Okay, so I'm wanting you to understand that the fight that you're in didn't start with this, it started with this. There's a, the fight, the quarrel that you're having with someone else, it started in you. The battle that's within you. And here's the Greek of it. First thing is present tense. So when we're looking at Greek grammar, kids pay attention to grammar class in English. uses the same rules. So here's the deal. Present tense means it's going on. It's an ongoing thing. In other words, this. The battle within you has been an ongoing problem. You know why there's a battle within you? Because you have not resolved it. You haven't resolved it, so it's still there and it's still causing problems in your relationships. There's a battle within you. You have not resolved this battle, so now you're continuing to battle. It's also middle voice, which is super Uh, important as we break down this passage. Middle voice means there's two involved. You're not fighting against yourself. This isn't an internal battle or it would be active voice. If it was active voice, it means that I'm fighting within myself, but I'm not fighting with myself. You're in a fight with God. Before you tune me out, we're going to get to the answer of why we're fighting with God as we go and uncover more and more of this passage. But here's the problem. 
You're fighting with somebody else, but the problem's not them. The problem is you, and you're at a fight with God that you're losing. What happens? With, how many of you guys are, are really good losers? Or how many poor losers? How many, let me do it this way. How many poor losers do we have in the house? Right? When you lose, you're just, I, you, so then what do, a lot of times when we're not very good losers, right? I, I, we're a poor loser. Typically what we like to do is we like to go, go pick on somebody we think we can win. So, so, so I remember back in my wrestling days, if I lost to somebody, I, you almost would feel sorry for the next person that came down the pipeline because I was mad. I didn't like losing. I didn't want to lose, and so whoever's coming next is going to get the full fury of everything I have. And even if I don't win, they're going to remember my name when we're done. All right, so you're going to remember that you came against me because that's how I was. I was a poor loser. And so what happens is this. Guess what? God's undefeated. You're not going to beat him. So what happens is when I'm in a battle with God, I'm losing. So what happens is whoever is in my path, they're the ones that's getting the brunt of my problem. It's also a participle. A participle is a verbal adjective. And what this means is this. Um, if you don't resolve this battle that you're having with God, one day you're going to be identified by this, this fight. You'll be known as a critical person. You'll be known as a judgmental person. You'll be known as an angry person. You see, all of these emotions that happen or that, are, that you leave unresolved in your life, they will one day define you. You see, the Bible says that my identity comes from Christ. I am loved, I'm chosen, I'm, I'm beloved, I'm redeemed. These are the things that I begin to understand. I'm forgiven, I'm a child of God. What happens though is when you continue to walk down an angry road, a bitter road, a, a critical road, you keep doing that, one day you'll be identified by your sin and not by your Savior. So what happens is if we don't resolve this internal battle, this battle within you, you one day will be known by all the angry emotions that you're carrying around. Have you ever met somebody that had a whole bunch of unresolved stuff inside and it was always coming outside? Hear me. If it's coming outside of you, it's already inside of you. And if we don't deal with the stuff that's inside, the battle that's within, it will come out. And you will end up hurting the people you love the most. See, here's the deal. There's no such thing as a one-sided fight. You hearing me? The, Jesus tells us how to stop that. He says, turn the other cheek. How many of you are good at turning the other cheek? One hand. All right, I'm watching you. Okay, turning the other cheek is, is not... How many of you are not good at turning the other cheek? How many of you, 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 you like, I didn't start the fight, but I... See, you guys know, right? I remember growing up and my dad's like, don't you ever start a fight, but if this fight starts, you finish it, right? I mean, like, all right. Somebody start a fight with me. I mean, right? We're, all, we're, we're set up for failure right out of the gate. What I'm wanting you guys to understand is this, is that, 
that, that the moment you pull the sword, so I want to I show you a, a passage that can change your life. Jesus said to Peter, he said, put your sword back in its place for all who take a hold of the sword will die by the sword. You see, here's the deal. Leave the sword alone. So what? Somebody comes and they draw the sword against you. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. The moment you pull the sword out, you're now the problem. You can't resolve the other side of the problem. That's between them and God. You hear me? You can't fix someone else. That's, that's them and God's deal. But the moment you pull the sword, now you have a problem with God because he said, put away the sword and you drew it. Woo, come on. Because a lot of times I'm like, I'm not fighting. And then I'm like, oh, I'm ready now. And I, I mean, I can feel that old wrestler come out. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm feeling young right now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into this fight and I'm winning. No. Every time I fight, I lose. Every time, because I'm not really, my fight is not really with this other person. The fight is with God, and I lose every single time. See, it takes two. Almost thought about breaking out in song, but I, I won't. All right. So, in, in the passage that we're looking at, it says this. What causes fights and quarrels among you, don't they come from your desires? So this is now, we, we talked about the battle within us, but now we're going to back up just a hair, and we're going to look at this word desire. And I want, I want you guys to all say one word. Everybody say your. Your. See, he, he didn't say other people's, your, your fight comes from other people's desire. He's saying, listen, that comes from your desire that's battling within you. You see, until we start understanding, I pulled the sword out, I'm the problem. Now, the other person has a sword out, they're the problem, but they're having a problem with God. I need to get out of this. I need to put my sword back in, and I need to drop to my knees. I need to walk away. I need to pull a Joseph and run out the door. I need to do something else. But the moment I pull the sword, I'm the problem. I'm at war. There's a battle. There's something inside me that says, pull the sword. You guys get what I'm saying? There's something inside me that says, you know what, let's go ahead and do this. Let's pull the sword out and let's start having a fight right here. So the Greek word for, for this uh, desires is hedone. It's, a neg- it's used only five times. Guys, this is, this is what's interesting. This word desires is only five times using this specific word. Every time it's used, it's negative. It never means something good. There's no way of twisting this word to say, oh, those desires inside of you are good. This is saying, no, the desire that's within you is demonic. It's of the world. It's of the devil. It is not of God. This is not a good desire. This is a bad desire. You're wanting bad. Surely when you guys get in a fight with someone, you don't want bad for them. Surely not. Have you ever thought that when you're really angry, you don't want anything good for the person that you're facing? So he's saying there's a desire in you. When you're fighting, there is a desire, a bad desire inside of you that's wanting something bad to happen. Mm. 
So the very next verse, you desire, there's that word, right? But do not have, so you kill. Now, is he talking about murder? No, he's talking about you're killing relationships. You're fighting. You're pulling out. You're, you're, you're getting in an, a, a, a verbal altercation. Words are pretty powerful. Have you ever felt the power of words? We're going to talk about the power of words next week. He says this, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. I started thinking about this. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. This is, this is that fight. Why are there fights and quarrels among you? He says it's because there's a, your desire that's battling within you, and therefore you desire, you don't have, so now you're killing, you're coveting, you're not getting what you want. Well, let's talk about this word covet. This inner battle, the coveting, is saying I desire what someone else has. That's what coveting is. It says, I deserve that. I deserve the promotion. I deserve the money. I deserve this thing that they got. I deserve to be recognized. I deserve that position. I desire to be, I deserve to be hired. And what happens is that coveting inside of me, the, the desire that's evil that's in me is saying, I deserve something that someone else got. That's what coveting means. It doesn't even have to be like, Money and, and possessions or the car. It doesn't have to be about a house. I deserve that kind of a marriage. Why can't my spouse be like that? Why can't my kids be? The worst thing that we could ever say to our kids is why can't you be more like so-and-so's kids? If you've ever said that, you should go to your children today and apologize. There's nothing more devastating to a kid than when you tell them, why can't you be more like so-and-so's kids? That is coveting. That is a demonic desire that's in your heart that's got to go. The lie, it says that if you get this thing that you covet, you think you're going to be happy. But here's the deal. Don't, you, don't we already know that the fruit of the Spirit is joy? So I can't have the joy that the lie, so this coveting, the world is promising me, man, you deserve this. You de so the world keeps telling me, you deserve, you deserve, you deserve, you deserve. So it sours my heart and it says, man, if you start getting what these other people have got, then you're going to be happy. That's a lie because only the happiness that I desire can come from God and I can't have it when I'm at fighting with him. I can't be, I can't have the joy that God promises me when there's coveting in my heart because I'm at war with him. Have you, this makes sense, doesn't it? I hope so. So let me give another one. Here's one that I, I, I personally, I, I personally, this, I'm going to let, let you know what my inner battle is, the need to be right. No one, no, no one else struggles with this. It's only me, Right? Right? I'm right and you're wrong. No, I'm right and you're wrong. No. Nathaniel, tell her that I'm right and she's wrong. You're like, I'm staying out of this. Smart guy. Okay, all right. So the lie tells me this. The, the lie the world's telling me is like, you're not wrong on this. Stand your ground. You stand your ground until the other person gives in. The heart of this lie is that I'm more right than you. That's the lie. The truth is, I'm not right when I'm at war with God. 
how can I be? How can I be in the right when I'm fighting with a holy, perfect, righteous God? Okay, you ready for the big one? You ready for the big one? Okay, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, the inner battle is this. Listen to me. Anyone who's got any unforgiveness in their heart, you listen to me and you listen to me well. What, you're, what the world is telling you, they deserve to be punished. Am I right? Am I right? Inside you is like, they deserve to be punished and what? I deserve justice. Anyone who's ever withheld forgiveness, is that not what you felt? If you felt that, say amen real loud. Because here's the reality. What the world, the world is saying is you were wronged. And maybe you were. But what the world says is you hold on. You withhold the forgiveness because what I want you to do is you hold on to that until they receive their punishment then you will receive justice. That's the lie. The lie is saying you hold on and you will receive justice. But what do you receive instead? You receive the punishment. Why do you receive the punishment? Listen to me. Why do you receive the punishment? Because you're at war with God. You will never get the justice that you want until you let go of what you're holding on to. This is why marriages are destroyed every day because we are buying into a lie. We bought into the lie. You withhold this, you'll get justice. Here's the deal. You will never get justice until you're right with God. And you can't be right with God when you're withholding forgiveness. Forgiveness is the hardest thing for anyone to let go of. Forgiveness is the hardest thing for any person to do. It is the thing that is against everything in your, in your bones. Every part of the sinful nature in us says, don't you dare let go. If you forgive this person, you're letting them off the hook. Isn't that what we've also felt? I can't let go of this because if I do, and you know what that really is? I'm, I'm wanting you to understand it, how at war we really are with God. The reason why I don't forgive is because I don't trust God. Because that's really what it comes down to. You're not trusting God to deal with the person. I don't trust you, God. So how can I be right with God when I don't even trust God? How can I be right with God when I'm saying, God, I don't trust you to do your job? Isn't that it, though? Isn't that it? I mean, think about this, guys. Isn't that where we're coming back to? When I start thinking about, God, somebody hurt me, and they deserve to be hurt. Well, guess what? Anyone who's ever withheld forgiveness, aren't you the one hurting? Aren't you the one paying for it? Why do you keep paying for it? Because you're at war with God. Because what did he say in his word? Forgive just like I forgave you. If you don't forgive, Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. If you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. 
So here's the problem is saying, I am not going to forgive. I'm going to hold on to this until they get punishment. You're the only one receiving the punishment until you let it go. See, if we can come to a place of understanding how powerful this word can be in your life, it can change everything from this very moment. See, there's two things that happen when you forgive. Number one, you re, you re, it releases you. So when you forgive someone, it releases you from holding on to the pain. I want you to think about it. the reason why you're not being healed is because you're still holding on to the pain. So until you let go of the pain, there's no healing for you. There's no healing as long as you're holding on. So quit being a victim and let it go so that healing can come into your life. There are so many people walking around wounded and broken when there's healing waiting for them. They're walking around angry and bitter and ready for a fight because they don't really want to be healed. Because that's exactly what you're telling God. God, I don't want to be healed. I'm holding on to this because I don't trust you to deal with them. But see, the reality is this. Until you release that person, when you release them, it releases you. Then secondly, when you release the one that hurts, it releases them in the hands of God. They will never receive what's coming to them until you let them go in the first place. So God's sitting here going... Are you done? No! Okay. Why is this so hard? Because you won't let go. Are you done? No! I mean, we're like little kids. God, you're going to have to die. You're going to have to remove this from my dead, lifeless fingers. And he goes, all right. One day when we're on our deathbed and we've lived an entire angry and bitter life, our entire life, we finally let go right before we die. When we could have let it go and been healed years ago. You can't have healing until you release it. And there's some of us, I know there's a whole bunch of us in this room. Whole bunches of us. Right? Close your eyes real quick. Close your eyes real quick. Don't look around. How many of you still got people unforgiven that you're withholding forgiveness in your life? Come on, don't lie. Don't lie in church. Nobody's looking except for me. All right, half of you are lying. Okay, so good. All right, so about half of the church raised their hands. About half the church says, I have people that I have withheld. You don't have healing because you are still holding on to the pain. As long as you withhold healing, you're still holding on to that whole pain. You're holding on to it. Why? Because we don't trust God. If you really want to be honest with yourself, isn't that it? I don't trust God to deal with this person, so I'm going to deal with it. But is it really working out? No, you're miserable. Why? Because you haven't received healing in your life. All right. I think I could preach on that forever. But let me do this. Romans 12, 19 says this. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room for God's wrath. It is writ written. It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So 
See, a lot of times we are looking at somebody and we are deciding in our hearts and our minds whether they have been dealt with or not. When we can't see what God's done in their heart, we can't see the conviction that's happened. We can't see the pain they've experienced or not experienced. We can't see what's happening between God and them. What we're doing is we're sitting there in a judge's seat saying that it hasn't been enough yet. 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 It hasn't been enough with. And then all of a sudden we begin to open our eyes and you're the only one getting dealt with. Can't, you've seen this, right? You've seen this happen in your own life. Like, why am I the one that's in pain? Why does this keep happening? Because you won't let it go. So God's not going to step in and deal with both of you. He's like, that. hey, I'm not doing nothing. You, until you stop doing my job, right? Stop doing God's job. Let him do his own job. Your job is to forgive so that you can receive healing. Your job is to pray for those who persecute you. Your job is to love your enemy. Right? God says, don't you seek out revenge. Let me do my job. You do yours. So the bottom line is this. The fight you are in has less to do with them and more to do with you and God. Just like I said earlier, if it's coming out of you, then it means that it's in you. So let me show you how this all comes out. So let's look at the next couple of verses. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet. You can't get what you want. Guys, oh, okay, so I want you to think about maybe a, a, a recent fight that you've been in. And I want you to think about when you're in the heat of the battle, what do you want? <laughs> you want to win, right? You, you want to be right. I'm right. You're wrong. I want you to pay. So what do we end up doing? We walk away, and because we're good Christians, we start praying for the other person. God, would you open up those eyes? Well, they can see what they're doing. God, could you go and deal with this? Let me tell you, God dealt with me really hard once. Um, a, a fellow minister um, really, really hurt me um, a long time ago, a long time ago. And I, I was at the altar, like, the things they said, the things that they did wasn't true. It was hurtful. It was vindictive and, and all the things that it's not supposed to be. And I found myself at the altar saying, God, deal with them. God, go deal with their hearts. God, go deal with that person. And God, don't let them minister anymore. I got a whooping that day. God was so gentle. He said, do you, really, do, you, do you really want me to hurt that other bride, my bride, because you got hurt? So you want me to hurt because you got hurt? Well, now that you put it that way, it doesn't sound so good. But isn't that kind of our hearts? When we're in that battle, we're not praying for their soul. We're not praying for reconciliation. We're not praying for recovery. We're not praying for healing. We're not praying that, that the relationship would be revived. We're praying, God, deal with it. So what happens is I'm not getting what I want because I don't want what God wants. Woo, that'll preach. 
I can't get what I want because the truth is I don't even know what I want. But if I was really being honest, what do I really want in this relationship is reconciliation. What I really want is restoration. What I really want is healing. Isn't that what you really want? Any of you that raised your hand a couple of minutes ago about not forgiving somebody and withholding that, don't you really want healing in your heart? Don't you really want peace? Don't you want restoration? Don't you want healing? I mean, that's what we really want. But what happens is because we're so in the fight of things, we're not asking for that. We're asking God for his divine wrath to rain down, right? You see... The key to healing is to identify the desires that are battling within me so that I can renounce them. So there's some, there's some desires within you. We're going to start writing them down here in a couple of minutes. But here's the deal. The saddest thing is this. The more I seek God with my demonic desires, and I say that on purpose. These, this desire that's in me is not of God. It's from the world, and the, the world is not following God. Guess what? It's demonic. I'm wanting what the devil wants. The devil wants payback. The devil wants revenge. The devil wants relationships broken. He wants the fight. He wants all of the things that you're engaging in. That's what he wants you to do. So therefore, it's demonic. I'm following his will and his wants over the wants of what God wants for me. But you know what? What we should really want is that freedom and that healing, but I'm so focused on being right, I don't want healing, and I don't want freedom. I want to be right. So God says, you have this desire, but you don't have, and you can't get what you really want. So check this next part out. You do not have because you do not ask God, and when you do ask God, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it on your own pleasures. See, it's coming into this, this, is, this passage is kind of coming into a full circle here. I don't have because I don't even know what I want. Because I think I want revenge. What I think I want is payback. What I think I want is justice. What I think I want is what they have. What I think I, what I, think I want is not really. So he says, now you're asking me, but you're not getting it because you're asking with wrong motives. You're asking me to do what you want, and you won't do what I want. How many of you wore flip-flops today? See that? That's why you wear boots, church. Should have brought some steel toes one, right? You're not getting what you want because you aren't wanting what God wants. Your, your, your wants and God's wants are not the same thing. So when you ask, you're asking God to do the very thing that you're at war with him over. Isn't that kind of amazing? Now, now doesn't it make you rethink all of your fights? I hope that that's what's happening. I hope that right now you're like, oh, I'd like to hit the rewind button a little bit right here, go back a little bit and work on some things and change some things. I bet what we're going to do is we're going to see a lot of people going home today and making some apologies and say, you know what? I'm sorry. The problem's not you, it's me. That, that's a, if both of you got in a fight, I'm telling you, it's on both sides. If only one says it, just let you know, that's not your problem. God's got to deal with each one of us where we are. Every one of us. 
Here's the interesting thing on this. The word pleasures here, that you may spend them what you get on your pleasures, it's the same word that we started with. The desires that battle within you only used five times. It's, it's used twice in the same passages here. It's telling us that there's an issue here. So I want to come down to this. So, so what do we do, right? So he, Jesus, you know, through, through James here, he says this, you adulterous people, that doesn't sound very good, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? See, this is how we know. This is how we know that when we have this internal battle going on, it's with God and not with the devil. Because here's the thing is when you get saved, I want you to know this, when you get saved... The Bible says, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So what's inside of you? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and the devil is not both in you. The devil can oppress you from the outside, but he's not going to possess you because you are already taken by the Holy Spirit. So if I have the Holy Spirit, I'm not having an inside-my-heart battle with the devil because he's on the outside. He may be whispering. He may be building some strongholds of lies in my mind, but he ain't in there. He ain't in there, so then who am I at war with? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. All right. See, what's hard is this. When you you have a desire to be right, you really don't want to be that wrong. So we begin to justify and rationalize our wrongness and we try to say, well, I'm not really that bad. How many of you do that? I, well, I'm not really that bad. Okay, I just the only preachers do that then. Okay, so what, is, what does the word say right here? You adulterous people. I mean, there's not any holding back of God's word. I mean, you guys follow me. I, I know that this is like a sucker punch to the gut right now. And it's got to hurt a little bit because this is something we all struggle with. If you don't have any arguments and and, and quarrels verbally, it's probably because you don't have very many relationships. Or maybe the relationships you have are very shallow. The reality is this. These altercations are a part of what happens, and I need to get to the bottom of it. That's the problem is that we're not really wanting to get to the bottom of it. Or we just like, let's have shallow relationships so that we don't ever have an altercation. But he's like, you adulterous people. You want, you, want, you want what you want, but it's not what I want. So now you're not on the same side with God when we're in this state. So he goes on and he says, uh, he says uh, or do you think Scripture says without reason that he is jealous? He jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us. You see this? But he gives us more grace. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if, if, there's, if there's anything that's... Okay, all right, he gives more grace. Why does he give more grace? Because I need more grace, right? I mean, this afternoon when you get home and you argue about this passage, we're going to need more grace, (laughs) right? I mean, what's amazing is that, yes, he's like, man, I'm not okay with this. But he's like, but he gives more grace. That's why the scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. All right, all right, so the real fight you are in is with God. The battle is within you. 
within you is against God and those who are around you are paying the price. So let's talk about what do I do from here? How, how, we want to resolve this, right? Because this would be a terrible place to end a sermon, right? It's like, man, pastor just like did a whole, like a whole ensemble, a, a barrage of beating the tar out of all of us. And we're sitting here going, how do we fix it? Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, I'm really excited about this because that's what the Word of God does. It doesn't leave us hanging. So here's the deal. The first thing is this. The very next verse, in verse 7, it says this. Submit yourselves then to God. How can you fight with God if you're submitted to Him? Woo! Come on! Right? If you, so the only way you're fighting with God is when you are not submitted underneath Him. So the problem is simple. The resolution is simple. Okay, I'm right now fighting with God about this forgiveness thing, or I'm fighting with God about this. Okay, God, I'm in. I'm going to submit to you. So, so one, if I'm submitting to him, this, the fighting stops with him. I'm going to submit under his leadership. That means that whatever he says goes. So if he says forgive, then that's, that's it. You cannot be submitted to God and refuse to forgive at the same time. Because you're not submitted to his word. Woo-hoo-hoo. All right. I'm going to surrender to his desire. I'm going to surrender to his desire, not my desire, right? That sounds good, right? Second thing is this. Um, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So here's the th- second thing that we're going to do. We're going to identify these demonic desires. We're going to renounce them. To renounce something is saying, I see you and you don't belong. So my question to you is this. I want you to real quick think about what evil desire is hiding in here. Is it the desire to be recognized? Is it the desire to be right? Is it uh, the desire for justice? The desire for, for punishment for someone else? Is it the desire that I deserve something that somebody else has? What desire and something that I didn't even name? So here's what I want you to do. You guys have these little cards. I made sure everybody had them. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, moment right here, I want you to just, we're going to quickly close our eyes and we're going to pray that God will reveal if there is a evil desire in my heart right now, we're going to deal with it. Guys, there's no sense in going home without fixing the problem. So close your eyes for just a moment. Father God, I'm coming before you and I'm asking you right now that you would reveal to each one of us in this very room what evil desire in our heart that doesn't belong that's wanting something different than what you want. Lord, identify it. Bring it to our mind right now. God, we are submitting to you. Therefore, if we're submitted to you, God, whatever you tell us, we're writing it down. So I'm asking you in the name of your Son to reveal to all of your people here today what the evil desire that's in their heart that doesn't belong, what doesn't belong there. Now write it down. Borrow a pen if you need one. Sometimes you can even think that you're good at forgiveness and still be withholding it.
Okay. To resist the devil is to be able to let him know I'm on to him. To resist him, we would do that in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I resist you, Satan. You are not allowed to be in this relationship. You're not allowed to be here. So here's the deal is sometimes when you find yourself in an argument, understand this is, this is not where it's supposed to be. So I need to resist the devil. That's not the person you're fighting with. Do not call your spouse the devil. All right? Or your kids. Or the kids. Or the grandkids. Or the child next door. Okay? All right. In the very next verse, verse 8 says, Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. What he's saying is sin is a big deal. We live in a world right now that's saying, well, I really, my sin is not as bad as somebody else's sin. Here's the deal. The moment I begin to justify my sin, no matter how small I think it is, is a big deal, is a big problem. We're going to draw near to God. We're going to repent of this sin. These desires, it's sin. We need to understand what it is. It's sin. We need to draw near to God. We need to repent of the sin. And the last one is this. <clears throat> Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. So I need to lay down my crown. I'm not as good as I think I am. Hmm. See, what real humility is, what what it really means to be humble is to be able to know who I am in the view of who God is. See, when I compare myself to somebody else, I'm like, I'm not doing that bad. But when I look at me and then I look at God, I'm like, okay, there's a big, dis- there's a big gap. There's a gap, and I need to humble myself and say, God, you're the king, and I'm not. This is this, I surrendered. See, salvation is surrendering my life. I surrendered my life, and I'm sorry that I've been at war with you. I'm laying down my crown. I know I did it yesterday. I'm going to do it again today. I'm sorry. God, I repent. This isn't who I want to be. I want, I want your, I want what you want for me. I want what you want for my relationships. God, I want you. And I need to get out of the way. So here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> Throughout the remainder of the, the service, we, we're going to have a couple of baptisms here in a few minutes. And I know that we're running just a little bit late, but uh, that's okay too. So... Um, this is the Lord's day, so I'm not going to apologize for preaching long or singing long or any of that stuff. But here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to use this time at the altar for a purpose. First thing I need to do is I need to submit to God. Right? The first thing I need to do is I need to submit to God. God, I'm submitting back to you. I, I don't want to fight with you anymore. I don't want to fight with you anymore. Because really, I don't want to fight with anybody. I don't want to fight with my neighbor. I don't want to fight with my friends. Guys, I don't want to fight with, with people. God, I don't want to fight. I, I'm putting my sword down. I'm submitting myself to you. God, I see the evil desire that's in me, and I'm renouncing it. I don't want it. I'm resisting the devil in this whole thing. God, I'm repenting of my sin. And the Bible says this, you find on the back side of it a really awesome passage, and those who are Christ, if we belong to Christ, we've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Isn't that amazing? 
God, I'm crucifying. So here's what we're going to do. Throughout the rest of the time, any time that you want to, we're going to take this desire and we're going to crucify it. We're going to be done with it. God, I'm done with it. I don't want it. I'm putting it right there. And the next time there's something inside me that says, you want to fight, I need to start looking right here. I need to come right back to this and say, God, I'm, why am I at fighting with you? Why is there a desire inside of me that doesn't belong there? When I get in an argument, I get in a debate, when I start saying not nice things, I need to come back and say the problem's me. And then I need to start that over again. God, I submit to you. I renounce this evil desire. God, I'm yours. I repent. And I need to go make it right with the person I hurt. So with your heads bowed, worship team's going to come. The altar is open. The prayer team is going to be here to minister to you and to pray. Maybe some of you say, I need to work through this. I need someone to pray this, this specific prayer over me. I need a little bit of hands-on help right now. But what I'm wanting you to know right now, this is the time. Let's lay it down. Do not say, I'm going to do this at home. Because here's what we do know, we don't. So if you have something to lay down, lay it down right now. Come, submit yourselves to God. Renounce, renounce this desire. Put it away.